My name is Gemma Galdon Clavell and I work on the legal, social and ethical impact of data and data technologies. I started a company six years ago now that works precisely on this. And so we're one of the very few companies that has been helping the public and the private sector in the last six years, uh, developing better technologies, but also understanding better how technology impacts on society. So taking the point of view of the consumer and the citizen into the design of the technology and avoiding bad data practices as we see all the time, unfortunately. Welcome, Gemma. When companies come to you with a new product or service, they understand that going to market and dominating the entire space is almost everything. There's a huge tension between the organization as well as regulatory pool, making sure that you meet the legal requirements. Companies are trying to bring products to market as fast as possible. That's an industry problem. Well, that tension exists and it will continue to exist. I think that we're currently working with pioneers and we're very aware of that. We don't hope to work with everyone tomorrow. We need to work with the ones that are going to change the rules. And that's what we find fascinating about our work. We don't want to mass produce ethical impact assessments. We want to help the world come up with better technological solutions to its problems. So, of course, we experience that tension. We are contacted sometimes by people that don't really believe in what we do. So they've been told by somebody else who does see their problem that they should work with us. But then maybe that person was higher up and then the person who contacts us is middle management and they're very skeptical about our work. I think that in all of our projects, in the end, they do realize that there's value in what we bring in. But again, we are working with the ones that want to shape the future and not do things that we're not interested in. Um, just, I mean, think about Volvo, for instance, and, and cars. I always use the analogy of cars because cars were not conceived with seatbelts, for instance, or speed limits. These are things that as a society, we agreed over time that these were the necessary precautions that we wanted to make the most of cars and vehicles while at the same time protecting society. And when society started thinking about what would the limit to cars be, seatbelts were not immediately on the table. And then there was a company, Volvo, that, that came up with this innovation and thought, well, if we offer seatbelts in our cars, then we can create more trust and provide more security to our customers. And what they did was they, they released the patent. They did not just put seatbelts in their cars, but they said, we actually want the industry to adopt this. We want this to be the standard. And they gave it away for free. Today, all cars have seatbelts. No one would dream of buying a car without a seatbelt. And Volvo is still seen as a company that sells security. So these are the people we want to work with. We want to work with people that are willing to be disruptive in their industries, not the people that just want to do same old, same old. When companies do engage you after they've experienced enormous embarrassment through the media, it's not necessarily a data breach, but there's certainly a breach of trust with the public. Has anyone done the research to quantify the cost of that? Yeah, I think they've tried. I wouldn't be able to tell you whether they were right. We have seen some clients be very clear in saying that they realize how much they've lost, that they have lost a lot of money by not doing things well. And not just money in terms of what I said before, you know, you coming up with a pilot that doesn't sell is hugely costly. It might not be as visible as a data bridge, but if you produce something that in the end no one wants because you didn't take into account people's trust or acceptability, then you're going to lose a lot of money. And if, if there's a data breach or a trust issue, then you're going to lose credibility as well. So you're going to have a reputational problem. 
So I think it's, it is about dollars and cents, but it's also about the long-term effect. So I think that the companies that we work with are increasingly incorporating privacy and data ethics as part of their risk assessment. And that's what we'd like to see. We'd like to see privacy and ethics being mainstreamed in the usual processes of any large corporation that deals with technology. And alternatively, have your researchers been able to quantify how much they would potentially save when they work with you and seeking out your counsel? It really depends on the project. What we have often done is like if we ask to contribute to developing a specific piece of new technology with a company, what we do is take their economic forecasts and tell them what if this went wrong? What if you spent all this money in creating, developing this new product and then you couldn't sell it? So our estimates of savings are based on their estimates of potential profit. And that's how we do it. And, and we sometimes we have told them, well, imagine if you were not able to sell it, that's like one scenario, like there's an acceptability issue and and so you just sell a few hundreds and so it doesn't become a, bi- a viable market alternative. But there's another scenario when there's, a, when there's a, um, a data breach or a trust issue. And then it's not only about the money that you spent, but also the money you need to spend in the future to resolve or to redress that problem that you've had with your existing or potential clients. So there's these different scenarios depending on when things go wrong. But it's very likely that if you're not careful with your data processes at some point or other, you will run into problems with the regulator, with your own clients, or with society as large, and so you're going to end up uh, making the headlines for bad data practices. The Guardian published an article the other day about the Australian government, how they released anonymized data set, lots of medical records, including prescription surgeries for millions of people and researchers. They've been able to re-identify those people, and I'm I'm wondering if they would come to you after the, the media announcement? Is that when you take on a client? We usually the- take them earlier. Once they have such a huge issue, we work with neighboring countries, but not with Australia. But in this case, it's clearly a case of not having a specific procedure to do open data. I mean, clearly the government's going to have all this information. And clearly the government needs to have all this information because you do want to make sure that your doctor is aware of the procedures you've had before and your condition. You should also have a right to access your medical records. So that data has to exist and needs to be somewhere. But then you need some you need you need attribute based encryption. You need to make sure that that information can only be accessed by the right people. And if you do open data because you want that data to be aggregated and you want universities and, and private partners to make the most of that data, then you need to go through the appropriate safeguards. And we have specific methodologies to do open data like how to anonymize in a way you still can derive a value from that data, but the data does not include all those small pieces of private information that you don't want to see released. So clearly the Australian government did not have an open data policy or the appropriate profiles of people in place to make sure that that was done responsibly. And and it's really terrible that in 2018 you have major governments not being aware of these issues and they don't have procedures before data goes out there to make sure that this doesn't happen. I think that this is changing to a large extent in Europe. We are working a lot with like 
Latin America as well. And I think that governments there realize that if they want to make the most of the data revolution, they need to do it responsibly because otherwise um, the trust and liability issues are too great. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like the government in Australia was aware of that or had the procedures. We've seen that in other countries as well. But I think that there's more and more of an awareness of the need to undertake these things before disaster strikes. When companies offer privacy assurances, for instance, if your browsers can go into incognito mode, which erases search histories or Snapchat, where your messages disappear after a certain period of time, how accurate is this feature? And is it a good way of doing business when everybody who is sort of even tinkering in this space know that that might not necessarily be 100% true. Is that a messaging problem? This is one of our greatest concerns. There's a lot of people, well, not a lot, but there's some people who use privacy just as a PR thing and they don't really change their practices. And that is clearly a matter of concern and that's why we need standards because otherwise it's going to become a PR thing and your technical standards and your privacy safeguards should not be a PR thing, should be part of your core business and your core specifications. So one of the things that we try and do is, and we're trying to develop a certificate a way of certifying those companies that say what they do and do what they say, so to speak, to provide uh, consumers and their customers with uh, more assurances as to what it is that they're actually being offered and making sure that it's not just cosmetic things or a PR strategy that has no relationship with actual data practices. So I think we think that certification is the way to go and we're going to be very active in the coming months precisely in providing certification for the companies that want to sell privacy or that they say that they use privacy and responsible data processes in their products. And finally, I know you work with a lot of pioneers, so I don't know how open you can be about your projects, but I'd love to hear a successful project that you've been able to deploy. Our contributions are usually part of larger projects. So for instance, in Europe, in the development of the what are called ABC gates, I guess you're, everyone's familiar with them by now, the kiosks that look at your passport when you go through an airport. You may have seen that oftentimes there's no, you don't have a border guard anymore, but there's a machine that checks your passport and your biometric data and decides whether you can enter a country or not. When the European Commission initially started developing those, they realized that it was important to incorporate ethics and responsible data processes um, in that. And so we've been helping the industry for the last five years in making sure that the way that your biometrics are taken and that the identification happens is responsible and that the data processes that are in place are responsible and accountable. So I think that's one of the success experiences that we have. We've also been working with a lot of public administration in improving their procurement practices. Buying technology is a crucial part of doing technology responsibly, making sure that when you buy technology, you buy the best technology out there and that you buy technologies that incorporate data ethics and cybersecurity and privacy concerns, how to improve the procurement processes to protect public administration, but also buy better technologies that are going to be better integrated in your existing data processes.
processes. So that's, um, I think we've had several success cases there and we think there are several administrations that are currently buying better technology and doing it better and having a more informed team of staff that is more aware of the risks of incorporating new technologies there in their processes. We're also currently, and these are ongoing things, so we don't really have a result yet, but we are working with several international organizations that fund technology development in making sure that ethics and responsible data processes are part of the things that they assess when they provide funding for innovation. So anyone that would come to those international organizations would need to prove that they're aware of the social impact of the technology they're trying to develop and that they are building the necessary safeguards to make sure that that technology is responsible. There's quite a lot of examples out there of things that can be done in practice to improve the way that we do technology and the way that technology impacts on society. And we're very proud to have been part of that. And we hope to continue to be part of that story for a long time. Thank you so much. I'm so inspired by what you do. So I wish you much success. Thank you so much.